Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, featuring fresh and lively commentary on all things primal, including Q&A sessions with Primal Blueprint founder, Mark Sisson, special guest interviews hosted by Mark Sisson, and conversations with Primal Blueprint authors and other health and fitness experts. The show is presented by Damage Control, Master Formula, the world's most potent multivitamin, mineral, antioxidant, anti-aging supplement, available at PrimalBlueprint.com. Past episodes are available for download or to review written summaries at blog.primalblueprint.com. Hey everybody, Brock Armstrong here for the Primal Blueprint podcast, and I'm really excited today because I get the opportunity to talk to Dr. Amy Myers. Now, Dr. Myers just wrote a book called The Autoimmune Solution, and if you're not familiar with her work, uh, Dr. Myers is a graduate cum laude from the Honors College at University of South Carolina and earned her medical degree at the Louisiana State University Health Science Center. After completing her residency in emergency medicine at the University of Maryland, she founded the nationally renowned functional medicine center Austin Ultra Health where she currently serves as its medical director. I think a lot of the stuff that she talks about in the book will sound very familiar to most of you primal folks out there, but I'm sitting here staring at, actually, listen to this. That is the sound of the autoimmune solution falling on the ground. (laughs) Now I have to pick it up. And that is just to demonstrate that this is, that your new book that I believe just came out, what, this week? Yes, it just came out on Tuesday. It already seems like it's been a month, um, but it's only been a few days. (laughs) Yeah, so if you're listening to this when it just came out, it's January 30th right now, so it only came out like three days ago. Um, That's one of the great things about doing podcasts is I get to read all these great books before everybody else. (laughs) And now it's so awesome. I love doing that too. And just, you know, if if people hear the sound of how heavy that book sounded, I just want to let them know to not be intimidated because... What I think is one of the greatest things about my book is it is chock full of information. I mean, I really give you everything that I know that can influence autoimmunity, but I give it in an easily digestible way and with very practical solutions. And I mean, obviously, you can talk more to that from an impartial view having read it, um, but I don't want people to be intimidated by the size, but you definitely get your money's worth with this book. That is exactly what I was going to say. The reason I dropped it was not to scare people, but was to just sort of reinforce that you get a lot of stuff here. It's a big book. But, you know, when I was reading through it, I kind of at first I was a little trepidatious because I'm not a doctor. I'm not um, I, I live with a healthcare professional, but I'm not one myself. And I really enjoyed reading this more so than I had anticipated. And I actually got I felt like the information was being passed to me in a very nurturing sort of parental way. I don't know if that makes sense. Well, I write the book as being your friend. Um, yeah, yeah, friendly. Autoimmunity. I write it as being a physician, and yes, I write it as being your big sister, so to speak. So nice. it's kind yeah. of I, I play or I have all those hats on when I'm when I'm writing the book. And it's, you know, many people say like they read it in a day, so it's mm-hmm. it's easy to read. But so it's it's that what I think uh, is a nice combo of easy enough to read, but with enough information to say, wow, there's something here. I need to take note. I'm not going to get too bogged down in the science and the details. She gave me enough to get that that this is important and then not so much to scare you. And then, okay, here is the solution. Because that's ultimately what people want in a book, right? They want to have enough information that they get that it's a problem, they understand it, and then what they're really looking for is the solution. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I've I've got the book in my hands here and I've got so many pages with that are dog-eared. <laughs> and most of those dog-eared pages have these great squares, these blue squares in the middle of the page that give you basically these breakdowns of what the chapter is sort of about or what the chapter is getting to. And I love that you do that because when you read through it, you're like, okay, got it. And then like two days later, it's like, oh, lost it. <laughs> yeah. So Where's then you just the have to go back and what did I have to remember. Exactly. Yeah. So then you find those little blue boxes and you're like, oh yeah, that's right. Those are the eight foods I need to avoid or or those are the four pillars of what the program's built on. But anyway, before we get too far into the the whole interview here, you actually mentioned sort of in passing just a minute ago that your own history with autoimmune 
issues um, was the reason that you got into this in the first place. So would you mind sharing your, your story with us? Sure. So, um, you know, conventional medicine failed me. And I say it's my mission to not have it fail you too. And that's really what gets me up every morning and why I wrote this book and why I practice functional medicine, because I have since um, helped people in my same boat, which was Graves disease and autoimmune disorder of my thyroid, where it was overactive. I personally had to have my thyroid ablated, so I no longer have a thyroid. And that's after, you know, I have an entire chapter in the book on my story, so I don't want to, you know, spoil it for people, so to speak. So having it ablated, that's uh, like they use uh, like a a knife of some sort? Oh, radioactive. Yeah. So when you have Graves' disease in conventional medicine, your options are to take medications to shut down your thyroid, which, Mm -hmm. um, again, I don't want to spoil my whole story because I grew up in a natural, you know, kind of hippies. We made our own food. I was a vegetarian for... For 14 years, 27 years at the age of 14. Uh, yeah. That's, so, I'm, I'm shuddering on behalf of all the, the primal failure. eaters. <laughs> right, right. So, um, so I grew up with this really holistic view and natural view. And so when this happened to me, I took a, tried to take a natural approach first. I didn't do anything. I saw a Chinese practitioner. I reached out to um, integrative practitioners and nobody had a solution for me. So I ultimately had to do, you know, one of the three things that conventional medicine offers, which mm. is taking medication to shut down the thyroid, having it blown up like Hiroshima with a radioactive iodine, or to have it cut out with a knife. And so, of course, medication seems like the least you know, problematic of those. So I started with that and um, a month later felt horrible and went back to the doctor and my liver was beginning to um, destroy itself from the medication or the oh, medication wow. was destroying my liver. So I had toxic hepatitis and I had to miss the first couple of weeks of my second year of medical school and thought I was going to have to drop out and it was really awful. And then all my symptoms came back with a vengeance. Um, so then I ultimately either had to have surgery or have it ablated. Um, those are the only choices that you're offered. And I picked the ablation because it seemed sort of less traumatic than a, than a surgery. Mm. Um, and, you know, in conventional medicine's view, they had then cured me. You know, they solved my problem. They just blew up my thyroid, and that was the solution to, their, to my problem. And then I went on, you know, thyroid medication that I still take. Well, I take a different medication now uh, than what I took then. And So this is a medication to basically replace the fact that your thyroid isn't producing... Any the hormones? Think, yeah, I have no thyroid. Yeah. So I I have to take, you know, armor thyroid. Like a synthetic. Yeah, well, armor is quote unquote natural. So I take oh. that and I actually take some synthroid on top of it because of um, we won't get into the whole conversion of T4 to T3 and, <laughs> and, and all that that could be a podcast in and of itself. Indeed, but anyway, yeah. yeah, if I didn't take medication, um, I would literally die over time. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, you know, for my life, I have to take it. In my case, it's life-saving medication at this point. You can't live without your thyroid. <laughs> so, but I mean, the bottom line is um, – even though they thought they had cured me or fixed me, I realized in, you know, everything that I was reading that if I didn't really ever deal with the root problem of why I got in the boat in the first place, I was going to be setting myself open to getting another autoimmune disease down the line. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's certainly, uh, you know, ones that nobody wants an autoimmune disease, but there are ones that are less scary than others. And, um, you know, I certainly didn't want to end up with lupus or rheumatoid arthritis or MS or something. And Mm -hmm. so I went looking for for answers and found functional medicine and then really, you know, I see all types in my practice, but because of um, my sort of uh, obviously writing this book, I hosted the autoimmune summit. I do tend to see more people with autoimmune diseases now that's sort of become a focus, but I'll see anybody of any, you know, any type or complaint or age or anything. So now, you know, having worked with, you know, thousands of patients with autoimmunity and, you know, following what I call the Myers way, it's my protocol, which is very similar to an autoimmune paleo protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that, you know, I think my book does differently than some of the other books out there on paleo or autoimmunity and even autoimmunity and paleo is that I really address a lot of other factors besides just the diet. So I speak every year at Paleo FX, and ultimately, you know, tons of people end up becoming patients after that, and they're following the Paleo diet, and you know, and it's helped with certain things, or even some people get worse. And hmm. you know, we really—it's because they're just so focused on the diet. I mean, again, I could get into all kinds of reasons: fermented foods, feeding yeast and bacteria that they already have, and they need to fix that first, in my opinion and experience. Um, and or maybe now they're even looking at the gut, and they're doing gut and diet, but. 
you know, people aren't, um, other people typically haven't been talking about the other factors, which is also toxins and, and infections and stress. Hmm. And so the book, and I even go off into some other quote unquote tangents, talking about Lyme in my book, talking about mycotoxins and toxic mold. There are very few people out there talking about that. And I personally experienced it in my office and see a lot of patients, particularly with autoimmunity, that that's their problem. So, you know, I really feel like I kind of address every stone that could be on, you know, turned over in, in this book and, um, not just a diet. So that's, I often get asked, how is my book different from paleo books or even paleo autoimmune books? And that's what I would tell you is the difference here. I think it's even in the, uh, in the title, it's not called the autoimmune diet. It's called the autoimmune solution. Right. I think that sums it up right there. Now, a few minutes ago, you mentioned you said something about being a functional, a functional doctor or functional medicine. And I think our audience above most other audiences probably know what that means. But I think there's an awful lot of people out there who don't know the difference between sort of conventional medicine and what we call functional medicine. Can you can you sure? And then I'll also just back up because there are a lot of people in this space that are doctors and their PhDs or their functional medicine practitioners and their you know nutrition nutritionist or acupuncturist or something. I mean, I am a classically trained medical doctor. Um, so my, I went to medical school. I did my residency in emergency medicine. And, um, you know, again, I write all about this in, in the book and in my chapter, how I knew I wanted to do holistic medicine, but I didn't really know how to, how to do it. Mm-hmm. I spent a month um, working with Dr. Andrew Weil, my fourth year of medical school. Oh, I the, was, the wheat belly guy. No, no, no. Um, that's uh, Dr. Davis. Um, oh. Andrew Weil is the, um, he's from Arizona, the big white beard, fluffy guy. Yes. He owns, yes. He's part of True Foods um, and did and started the Arizona Integrative Medicine. I mean, he's really the guy. He was time man of the year at one point. I mean, he's the guy that really brought integrative medicine to the forefront. And I mean, he has done a, a lot. I mean, he was very, very instrumental in bringing that more mainstream for sure. And um, did all my electives with integrative practitioners and was president of the complementary alternative interest group. So, I mean, I had this holistic way. I just, nothing ever went, got to the root for me. It was, I mean, even working with Andrew Weil, it was, okay, you have, um, you have irritable bowel, stress is related to that, meditate, drink some chamomile tea to help your gut. But he really, at that time, wasn't talking about, oh, do you have parasites because you, you know, went to India or do you have um, a gluten issue? And so, you know, I just said, you know, these things aren't aren't for me. I need to just keep searching. And so I ended up completing a residency in emergency medicine and even worked for a few years in the main trauma center here in Austin, Texas is where I live. Yeah, right on the front lines. Yeah. So I was at the halftime at the Children's Pediatric Trauma Center and ER and halftime at the Adult Trauma Center and ER. And, um, you know, I was just getting burned out and frustrated and, and went to a conference and uh, heard about functional medicine for the first time. And, you know, it was actually Mark Hyman and him speaking about, you know, these factors in chronic disease and getting to the root of them and and really, you know, solving these factors. And when you solve these, then, um, you know, then you actually get rid of whatever it's for. So um, rather than meditating or, or drinking chamomile tea for your irritable bowel, do those things. They probably help for sure. And let's keep searching. Let's get you off the gluten. Let's get rid of the parasite. Let's treat the yeast or SIBO or whatever's in there. And then the irritable bowel goes away. Mm-hmm. And so what functional medicine is, is really putting all of the pieces together, viewing the person as a whole, seeing them as an individual and looking for the root cause of what has gotten them into you know, the boat that they're in. Autoimmunity, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, allergies, eczema. Okay, so so can you tell us what what is it like when you start working with a new patient? So if I came to your if I came to the Austin Ultra Health Center, and uh, and was assigned you as my physician, what, how would we start out? So you start out by filling out a thirty page intake form that we have that's very <laughs> comprehensive. So. Thirty pages. <laughs> yeah. So That's awesome. 30 pages wow. before you even get to make your appointment, you got to fill that out. So we uh. know you're serious about it. Um, and then um, I look over that before you come into my office. I mean, I, I usually review that the day before. You can submit any labs. If you often see people who've been to other practitioners, obviously other physicians and mainstream, but I even see people who've been to other, you know, functional medicine or alternative practitioners and have gotten some better but aren't where they want to be. So they can submit all their labs ahead of time. I review all that before. I 
even see you. And then we are chatting for uh, almost an hour and a half. And most of that is you retelling your story to me so I can kind of weave the pieces together, um, educating you on how I see the picture fitting together. Um, And then at the end, we're talking about, you know, what kind of test, additional test I need to help me figure out what's going on. And then I come up with a plan, um, certainly, obviously, the dietary component and um, a supplement component. And then you get your labs drawn in my office, um, take home any kits that are things that need to be done from home. And then you meet with my nutritionist. I have a a functional nutritionist on staff um, who actually helped me um, in creating a lot of the recipes in the book and and the actual program in the book because it's based on you know what we do with our patients and so then you meet with her and you know uh, some people who are not autoimmune they're just sort of doing a basic elimination diet if you're autoimmune you know you're doing obviously the diet that you see in the book if you're we suspect you have candida or yeast you know we do that if we think you have histamine intolerance so I mean it's very it's a it's a you know as personalized as it can as it can be from the get go mm-hmm. about what kind of diet um, we're going to put you on. Now it's all sort of the same basic foundation, and then we're usually taking away from that basic foundation based on you know what how severe things are for you, and um, and then we kind of go from there. You know we've you know there are multiple phone calls and checking in on you, and I usually see you back in about six weeks to go over all those labs. But in the interim, you're getting started on the diet and supplements to start healing your gut. Or if what I'm hearing is sounds like SIBO or small bowel bacterial overgrowth or parasites, we're already starting some natural supplements that are also recommended in the book for those. And so, you know, I tell people the book is as close as it gets to actually seeing me. I mean, this <laughs> is really what, exactly what I do with my patients. So you're going to read sort of the foundation. You hear there are a lot of patient stories in the book. And the way that I tell the stories is not, oh, this, this, this. I mean, it's like, I again, recap. So, you know, what I'm hearing is you were a C-section baby. You weren't breastfed. You had a lot of ear infections as a child. So you didn't get your good bacteria. You killed a lot of it with, your, with that. You probably had yeast over growth from there. And I kind of walk through all these patient stories that are real patients from my clinic and tell it to you like I told it back to them so they can really see the whole story coming together and how it all relates to, you know, to its, to how you got in this boat. And, um, and then, you know, in the book, we have you, like I said, there are quizzes to see, you know, if you're at risk or, or likely have things like small bowel bacterial overgrowth or yeast or parasites, quizzes for adrenal fatigue. And then, you know, we do some supplementation. And then, I mean, I, you know, talk you through the big toxins all the way down to, you know, I have, as you know, lots of appendices in the book. I mean, mm-hmm. trust me, my editor, they were trying to cut the book. They said, <laughs> you know, we really got to get this under, you know, 400 pages. Like, we really got to get this, this under that. And then I was like, I really don't want to cut any of this, you know? And then, then he looked at it again over the weekend. He's like, this information is just too valuable. We cannot cut these appendices. We're just, we're going to do it. So, um, so it's all there. I mean, we really, I was very fortunate. I had an incredible editor who believes in me and what I had to say. And, um, since it is not dense and I mean, it it will be things that people I think will read even the appendices because they're written in that same kind of easy to read way that all that information is there. So, I mean, you may ultimately need to see a functional medicine practitioner if it's super duper complex and we're getting into things like molds, but I definitely give you resources in there and tidbits to be thinking about these things. Yeah. I took the, one of the quizzes and I suspect I may have not to be TMI for all the podcast listeners, but some sort of bacterial overgrowth just based on the the quiz itself and perhaps some leaky gut as well, which I'd hazard to guess and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think as North Americans, just most of us probably walk around in the same state that I'm in for most of our lives and don't really know it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, our health is a continuum. Short of getting in a car accident or, you know, something like that, um, you don't get unhealthy overnight. Um, Your health does not change overnight. You don't get cancer overnight. You don't get autoimmunity overnight. These things, I mean, we now know that antibodies show up at least five years before the disease does. Takes people six to 10 doctors to get diagnosed. So all this is going on and you're completely, you know, unaware of it or you think, oh, I have some gas and bloating and it, Mm -hmm. you know, happens like uh, two, three times a week. So, I mean, I mean, that's all it is and I can deal with it and, you know, whatever. Yeah, that's life. That's, yeah, that's life. Right? I'm a 40 year old male. Of course I'm gassy. 
of course. And I see all these commercials about heartburn and other things. So like, you know, and you ask your friends and they're all on meds. So like, of course, it's completely normal to, you know, have all this. But those can be the early signs. I mean, nobody should be having gas and bloating, certainly bloating. I mean, it's a sign that something's going wrong. Um, When people tell me that, I think they're either eating something that they're sensitive to or they're feeding infections. And, you know, with with a diet um, rich in carbs that we as Americans eat, likely it's a, you know, candida or SIBO. And I even see this, you know, in the paleo community because people, you know, not of their own doing, but, you know, were there's so many C-sections, there's so many antibiotics going around. They weren't breastfed. Mm. Um, they maybe had a high carb diet uh, or antibiotics. I mean, the number of people that come in, they were on antibiotics for a year or two for acne in high school, birth control pill, um, you know, the women on birth control pill, and then they get to a paleo diet because something's happened to them or they just want to do it because they're doing CrossFit or for aesthetics, you know, for their physique. And then they're told on paleo to eat all this fermented stuff because it's going to balance out the good bacteria. Mm -hmm. And I seem to be the lone wolf over on a frigging island about this one. I don't know why, because whenever I write about this, I mean, the number of people that are like, and I'm like, okay, you know, I see it every day. I'm a physician. I see this every day in my practice, and I'm just telling you what I see and what I think based on what I see, which is that, you know, you have a bunch of yeast in there or small bacterial overgrowth. And for a lot of people, going to a paleo diet is not going to fix it alone. You Hmm. have got to do something else. That stuff is deep-rooted in there, has been there for years and years and years. Then you start giving fermented foods, and those are lovely foods to feed what we say is all the good bacteria, but it also feeds yeast and it feeds the bad bacteria. In my personal experience with people that I see working with thousands of patients. So I feel differently than most people. You got to wipe that out, get rid of the yeast and the SIBO. Then you can go back to the fermented foods and, um, you know, and build up that good bacteria. But Uh it's not as like giving fish food and, you know, like, oh, you're the bad fish. You don't get to eat the fish. You don't get to eat the food. And, oh, you're a good fish. So you get to eat the food. No, it's like, (laughs) fish food you're throwing it in there and you know the fish are eating it good bad and you know ugly interesting so okay. that's, I mean, of course, there are people that, you know, obviously just the diet and paleo and fermented foods has done wonders, and I never see them in my clinic, but there are as many people that come in and they are not well by just doing the diet or they are, in fact, worse, and it's because of that's one of the most common pitfalls that I see is people eating all these fermented foods while still having all these other infections in their gut. Now, is there anything else that you deviate from in terms of like the primal or paleo diet? Um, no, I mean, I think that that's probably the biggest, most controversial one. I mean, somebody just wrote a review on Amazon mentioning that, you know, she didn't mention any fermented foods. Like, who is this, you know, basically crazy woman? (laughs) Don't listen to her. Um, so in whenever I write an article about candida, I mean, we just get so many questions. So I now kind of, and I, of course, explain that in my book as well, because I know, um, that that's always, uh, when I write that, I get a lot of either just questions I don't understand or angry people saying, you know, that I don't know what I'm talking about. So um, it is what I see. I can only tell you what I see as a physician and working with patients and the problems that I see. There are obviously plenty of people that never make it into my office who have done just great with that. And that has worked really well. But that's where we get back to individualized medicine. Everybody's an individual. And if you're doing something that has helped all these other people and it's not helping you, don't give up. They just, it's, you're different and we need to do something different with you. So I feel like, talk about that in my book. This might work great for everybody, but if it's not working for you, you know, this could be an issue for you. Interesting. So let's stay focused on the gut just for just for sure. another minute or two. I know your your program's built on what you call the four pillars. And the first one is really it's healing, healing your gut and getting any sort of leaky gut or anything taken care of. And in that you recommend some a bunch of foods that should be avoided. Can, mm-hmm. you, can you tell us about those foods and and, uh, and why you say they should be avoided? Yeah. So, I mean, actually, one of the pillars is getting rid of gluten, grains, and legumes um, and, you know, nightshades and eggs. <laughs> that sounds very familiar. Yeah. And then the next pillar is healing the gut. And the first step of healing your gut is removing. And part of removing is removing those foods. The other part of removing is removing the infections that we were just talking about, uh, which is the SIBO and the candida and parasites, if you have them. So, yeah, I mean, the foods, it, it's that that is where it looks very familiar to somebody on a paleo diet. You know, we are removing, obviously, 
obviously, you know, gluten, um, gra- uh, gluten, dairy, soy, corn, all the really just top inflammatory foods. And then I do for my autoimmune patients and people on, you know, high on the spectrum of chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, to get rid of the grains and the nightshades as well because of, you know, the lectin component and how they can be both irritating to the gut and then again, carbs and feeding um, all those bad bacteria that we're talking about. So it really does help not only with um, not irritating the gut and creating leaky gut, but I also find that it helps in sort of starving out these infections that many people, um, including sounds like yourself and I myself at one time had as well, um, uh, small bowel bacterial overgrowth and yeast overgrowth. Is it nightshades now? That's things like tomatoes and peppers and things? Yeah, tomatoes, uh, potatoes, peppers, and eggplant. And particularly those with, you know, I don't find, we do ask that you remove them um, in the, um, we do ask that you remove them in the beginning for 30 days. And then, you know, you can add them back in and see how you do. Those people, those tend to affect people more with, um, like joint inflammatory conditions like rheumatoid arthritis or alkalosing spondylitis, things like that. I mean, I find some of like my thyroid patients or even like lupus patients, they do fine with the nightshades. Mm. So I, I guess I would say the other thing, you know, is I never say that I have a cure. I say that we're reversing something. We're reversing autoimmunity. And to define that, that is to become symptom-free, um, that is to become medication-free, and that is often to become antibody-free or at least lower your antibodies. Um, and the program is 30 days. And for some people, that may be enough. For other people, they may need to go longer. Um And it is not meant that you can never have a bite of sugar. I mean, this is my personal opinion. I know people in paleo feel differently, but Mm. it's not my opinion that you can't ever ingest sugar again in your life. You can't ever have a sip of alcohol. You can't have some caffeine and some of the other things that we ask you to get rid of, or you can't have nightshades or even some grains. I mean, my thought is you heal the gut, you reverse your symptoms, and you get to see what you can tolerate and how often you can tolerate it. Now, there certainly are foods that I say are absolute no-nos ever again, and that is gluten and likely dairy as well because of the molecular mimicry and cross-reactivity of that with gluten, and I talk about that in the book. So, you know, and that might be where I differ for some people, for some people as well. I mean, that's how I lead my life. I am, you know, virtually, you know, paleo most all of the time, and, you know, I'm planning a wedding as we talked about, and the whole thing will be actually pretty much paleo, gluten-free, dairy-free, no grains, Um, my cake, you know, I mean, they, they couldn't get it right with the almond flour. And so I'm at home every night, literally, I mean, cause I don't normally bake cupcakes and cookies with grains. <laughs> and I am here like trying, you know, garbanzo bean flour and, oh, that has an aftertaste to rice flour. And so I'm not going to tell you I don't ever, I don't ever eat these things. I do practice what I preach. And yeah. what I preach is that, you know, I've gotten well and I've, you know, expanded my repertoire. I've also gotten sick again and I've zoomed back in and done everything perfectly, quote unquote. And then I've gotten well again and I've expanded my repertoire. And that those of us with autoimmunity, that's kind of how I feel like it is, that it's it's a continuum. And it's, um, you know, the, the whole other end of the spectrum is you can get so focused on um, I mean, Sarah Ballantyne said it herself in her in her um, newsletter recently. She had been diagnosed with with Hashimoto's, and she was like, you know, I was doing everything so perfectly with the diet, and then my lifestyle with my stress got out of hand. Mm-hmm. We all have periods. I tell people, you're somebody's going to die, you're going to get married, you, uh, you know, hopefully don't, but might get divorced. I mean, your stuff happens in life, and. Yeah even good things like that, being on book tours and, you know, crazy things and you're traveling all the time and, and you might, you know, slide back on the spectrum and you got to, you know, rein in on things. And the other end of it is some people can be so freaked out about the diet and so uptight about what they're eating that that can be a whole nother form of stress for people. I've seen that in so many people. You just get so hypervigilant that that becomes the biggest stress in your life. Right. So it's, it's, this is meant to be a program to help get you well. And then after you've done that, you know, see what you can tolerate and how often you can tolerate it. And there may be periods where you can do that more or less. And there might be some other time in your life as we all go through things, good and bad, that, you know, 
swing us to the other side of the pendulum and we got to, you know, check. Is it, did I get some infections? For me, it was, I got exposed to toxic molds in my office. Um, you know, is it, is it stress? Is it, you know, some other um, infection that you got or something else that's happened? What What's going on? And um, in those moments, if you've verged out on the diet, you might want to hone back in and then figure out what's the other factor that got you back in that boat and deal with that. Yeah. Mark Sisson talks a lot about the sensible indulgences. Like when you get yourself to a point where you are feeling well and everything's going right, you sort of use the education that you've given yourself and and do those sensible indulgences like have a piece of cake or or have a beer or one of those kind of things and then just monitor how you feel so you know next time maybe it's not worth it or you know what I can do this every once in a while. Yeah, so I mean I guess what I would say to that is if it's a beer, I mean I would say that's a no-no because it's gluten and gluten and autoimmunity go hand in hand. I mean if you don't have a gluten issue and you're just sort of choosing paleo for aesthetics and and health, um that may be fine, but those of us with autoimmunity, I I don't ever give the advice of quote unquote cheating or indulging in gluten. We know that um if you have autoimmunity, um every time you eat gluten, even if it's just the amount in a communion wafer um or even, you know, gluten-free products that are cross-contaminated or something, that it can stimulate your immune system for up to three months. So that means you only get four times a year. That's, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, your birthday, and, you know, (laughs) and and your anniversary. Yeah, and And that maintains you in that inflamed state for the entire year. Yeah, so I I agree with that to the point of you need to know what your absolute no's are, and you've got to avoid those. I mean, again, this is coming from somebody with autoimmunity and dealing with people with autoimmunity. You've got to know your absolute no-nos and stay away from those. Then there are the other foods that it's like, okay, you know, corn, not the healthiest food in the world. Um, you know, particularly the genetically modified one, you want to stay away from that, but organic, you know, I'm not advocating you go eat it, but you know, can you have a corn chip every once in a while? Because that's your, you know, indulgence and you don't notice that it does absolutely anything to you. Go have a corn chip every once in a while. Um, but you got to know your no-no foods. And for those with autoimmunity, gluten is definitely on there. And I would tell you dairy is as well. And then, you know, somebody I've had, you know, people have severe reactions with eggs or with corn or soy or, you know, that's that's actually twice as bad for them than than gluten. So you need to figure out what your personal absolute no's are. It makes sense. Now, I know there's a there's probably a lot of people in in our general audience that are suffering from some autoimmune issues and and probably some other people who have just come across this podcast doing some searching and looking for some some answers and I know one of the things that struck me about your book you you say in the book that there are eight major myths about autoimmune diseases including the terrifying statement of like autoimmune disorders cannot be reversed though is um, yeah. uh, is it really possible to permanently reverse autoimmune disease well we kind of touched on that um I to permanently reverse um, there, I, so, so that goes back to my question of, can we reverse autoimmune diseases? Yes. Have I been able to help people do that? Absolutely. I mean, people haven't lived out their full life for me to know, did it ever come back? Did they get something else? Um, but do I have patients that years later still don't have things? Absolutely. But again, you know, myself as an example, getting exposed to some toxic molds and then some things started rearing up for me. I, of course, got out of the situation and, and dealt with that. So have I had patients come back in after, you know, a, a death or a um, divorce or a job loss or something and things seem to be creeping back up? That's where life is a continuum. And this is those of us with autoimmunity, this is our weak link. And that was just the kind of whole conversation we just had about those are the times where if you strayed a bit with the diet or let loose, you hone back in and then you deal with what got you in the boat. For me, it was toxic molds. We got out of the situation. I went through the protocol that I talk about in my book to detox from that. Um, Somebody else, if it's, you know, too much travel or stress in your life, you know, reining back in on that and and focusing back on yourself. So um, I believe that they can be reversed, permanently reversed. That's like saying... um, you know, you live in a house and and you, you know, had a had a leak and are you ever going to have another leak? I mean, you don't know that the 
pipe isn't going to burst. Um, you think you fixed it. Um, but there can be other weak links because things just happen in life. Okay. Does uh, that earlier, make sense? Yeah. Earlier, you actually said something that caught my ear and I didn't get a chance to follow up on it. You referred to it not being a cure or like m managing right. symptoms. We define, we define, I am not telling anybody that I can cure something. Yeah. You know, there's, I mean, one, just medically, legally, there's a whole jargon around that. And I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. But it's sort of like cancer. I mean, I guess at some point in medicine, they do say you're in, you've cured it, but you really are in remission, right? You know, and could it come back? So I say, you know, we, I'm able to reverse them, which again is defined by symptom-free, med-free, mm -hmm. antibodies lowered if not completely gone away. And, you know, how long you maintain that, again, I have patients who have done that for years, but, you know, follow back up with me in 30 years and, you know, we'd have to see with those people what has happened. Hmm. So does that sort of play into the idea that autoimmune disorders are, are genetically based rather than environmental? No, I mean, they are, they are both. So there are genes that give people more propensity towards lupus and rheumatoid arthritis and MS. Um, but we know through, um, through identical twin studies that that really only accounts for 25% of it. And 75% are the four main pillars or five factors that I talk about in my book. And that's where since it's environmentally based and we can't always control our environment, you know, we may have to adjust when something in our environment changes. I don't mean to keep using me as an example, but I think it's a good example that everything was going great. I haven't done anything differently. Big rainstorm in Austin suddenly triggers some mold in our office mm. and you know, I start getting sick again. So I get out of it. I detox. I'm fine. But, you know, I never went into flu full-blown autoimmunity, but I just, you know, I do what I do and I'm on top of things. So I just wanted to get out before anything happened to me because I know what it can do to people. So, um, so that is where life is a, con where our health is a continuum and factors many times that we can't control some that we can like stress you know, come and uh, come in and influence us. So, I mean, you can't control if your brother got killed in a car accident and that your that was extremely stressful for you. That might be something that puts you over the edge again. So you've got to, you know, manage that stress and grief. And those are the times where you really rein back in on the diet. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, Seb, what I like to tell people is, you know, we're not just sitting here without any control. I mean, that's what I write about in the book when I'm talking about infections and stress and certainly diet and leaky gut, but toxins as well. I mean, we, you need to be aware of these things so you can get control of them, such as water filters in the home, air purifiers in the home, eating organic, um, getting rid of toxic body products and cleaning products, you know, then going through, you know, detoxification, infrared saunas, if you can, or just sweating. Mm -hmm. So, and peeing and pooping every day, which, you know, peeing people do, important. but pooping, you know, not everybody does that every day. So, um, all of that to say is, yes, these things can be reversed and our health is a continuum. And as anything, it could potentially come back. So we want to be vigilant once we've reversed that, that if it's something starting to come back or symptoms are starting to come back, you kind of reevaluate, um, you know, what happened. Uh, I've had small bowel bacterial overgrowth myself, gotten it to go away, had it come back. Oops, eating too many carbs. Oops, you know, it was Christmas time. You know, had yeast, somebody might get a sinus infection and take antibiotics or have, you know, gotten an accident and have a cut and it gets infected. I mean, there are things that this is just life. It's our journey. Mm. And those of us with autoimmunity have a weak link in that area and we need to be vigilant. Hmm. I don't, I didn't just like, oh, I'm done. And so let me just eat whatever. <laughs> and, I mean, people come in I'm they're like, so many supplements. And I'm like, look at my desk. Yeah. I mean, you know, I do this just to maintain. So you just mentioned supplements. So, so you do recommend taking supplements while you're, while you're in this I program do. or just on a regular basis? 
Well, I mean, that's a, that's a broad question. In I general, um, I don't, I think in general, our food supply, it's well documented, has changed. Our soil is depleted of nutrients. We have a, many, many more toxins than we ever used to have. Um, our guts are leaky. So I do not think it's not you are what you eat. Um, it's you are what you digest and absorb. I see plenty of people on paleo diets coming in and their amino acids are in the toilet because they don't have enough stomach acid. Um, they have too many infections in their gut and they're not absorbing things. So so um, certainly in the beginning on the program, if you've gotten to the point with autoimmunity, something got you there. And it's usually that, you know, part of it is also the nutrients that you're missing. You know, Terry talks about that with your mitochondria. Um, so in an ideal world, yes, we'd get everything from our food, but we do not any longer live in an ideal world. So even those without autoimmune, I, you know, I recommend a multi, you know, fish oils or cod liver oil, mm. um, generally vitamin D and a probiotic. And then, you know, those with, you know, MTHFR and SNPs, um, which we didn't have time to get in, but I talk about in my book. Um, where they reason don't de- to buy the book, everybody. Yeah, where they don't detoxify or make glutathione. I don't do either of those well, so I definitely take some high-dose stuff to help me with that. Um, and then those with autoimmunity, I mean, I have, again, in the, there's sort of things that are temporary to get you over a hump or to clear an infection or to heal your gut that you can kind of, you know, you do temporarily get over that situation and then you're done with that or at least done with it until, you know, some other trauma, if ever, comes to you. Um and then things that I do think that people just need on a regular basis, like I mentioned, you know, the the multi, the fish oils and vitamin D and, and a probiotic. And then certainly if you have MTHFR, methylated B vitamins and, um, you know, I can get into glutathione and all kinds of other stuff that, that often people need. Yeah. But I tell people that when they come, they're going to, you know, in the beginning be on a fair amount of stuff so we can overcome these imbalances and get them well. I mean, I think one of the things that comment people comment on is that, you know, I'm kind of like a hurricane. They come in and I'm like throwing all this stuff at you. <laughs> then you go see my nutritionist and she's the calm after the storm. But, you know, I'm trying to get people well as quickly as possible. By the time they've gotten to me, they've, they're frustrated. They've been yeah. a lot of places. They're at their last limb. I mean, the number of times that I've heard, you know, you are my last hope. Um, So I I throw a lot of stuff at people. I try to get them well as quickly as they can emotionally, physically, and financially handle it. And um, so you do get a lot of stuff. And then by the second, third visit, if things are getting better, we start backing off of things and make sure you're still maintaining that level of health that you want to be at while, you know, coming off of these supplements. That uh, that hurricane sounds kind of stressful, and then stress has come up a few times while we've been talking. Do you have some recommendations, like ways that people can manage their stress a little bit better? Because I know, like we said, that's one of those unavoidable things that just pops up in your life from time to time. Yeah. So I just want to say, yes, I mean, I don't want people to feel like coming to see me is stressful. It's just, it's like the, <laughs> the hurricane sort of yeah. uh, analogy made me a little, no, ah. people just say they feel overwhelmed because I, it, it's like the book. The book is obviously a reflection of me. It's my book. My book is very much like an appointment with me. I mean, I am talking to you about ev- all these things in the book. Uh, so it can be uh, a lot of information for people. Yeah. Um, I did find the book really calming though. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, I'm just saying people just feel like, oh my God, you know, they start telling me about this leak in their home and they moved in it three years ago and two years later or a year later, they're diagnosed with autoimmunity. And on the first visit, we're talking about how they might need to move from their home. I mean, that can be kind of overwhelming. (laughs) So, um, but you know, again, I'm, I'm, Obviously, I'm very cognizant of this, and so I don't want people to feel like I'm, you know, not compassionate or empathetic. I get it. I went through it all myself. So, I mean, there's very little that people will, that I'm asking people to do that I have not done myself. So, uh, but at the other end of the extreme, I don't really, you know, excuses, you know, it's like, well, I mean, I've kind of done all this too. But anyway, that's a different story. So stress. Um, So this is one area that the editors did want me to sort of give a stress-relieving plan in the book. And I just felt like that's very individualized for people. And I didn't feel that that was fair of me for what works for me may not work for you. And then that might be stressful for you to be reading, oh, my gosh, I have to sit down and do this breathing technique. Um, In fact, you know, 
and that might That's make- why I, I did my breathing technique just before we started this call <laughs> just to get my brain focused because that's that's my choice. I love yeah. reducing stress with breathing. So it's whatever works for you. For somebody else is playing with their grandchild, for somebody else is playing with their puppy, mm-hmm. for somebody else is, you know, for my fiance, it's going to the golf course, for somebody else it's a massage. It's yeah, see, I don't have a grandchild or a puppy or yeah. I don't golf, so so I breathe. Yeah, well, I love a hot bath with Epsom salts and ah, lavender nice. oil and candles. Um, so, uh, and just sleep. <laughs> I love to just go to bed. So, um Yes, there is a whole chapter on stress, and there are lots of stress-relieving suggestions for people, but I don't give you a particular technique because I felt like that might end up being counterproductive and more stressful to people if that didn't resonate for them, and they felt like that was what I told them they needed to do for stress relief, and if they didn't do it, they might be more stressed. So Mm. we opted for um, a long list of fun things, dancing, skipping, playing, golf, you know, acupuncture, Tai Chi, um, playing with your kids, your dog, breathing, baths, all kinds of stuff is on there. Prayer. I mean, I don't want to leave that out. Many people, that's a, a great stress reliever for a lot of people. Yeah. No, interesting. A lot of the things that you mentioned there are, well, you didn't mention work harder or <laughs> sleep less or drink more coffee. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. We talk a lot at the in the Primal Blueprint about playing, like just yeah. making sure that play is part of your day. And a lot of the things on your list there were were games or having some fun. Yep, for sure. Putting joy into your life. Yeah, yeah, nice. Well, you know, we've been talking for quite a while here. And before we run out of time, I want to make sure that the audience can walk away from today's podcast with something that they can do right now sometime later today that can start moving them down the road towards better health in in your in your opinion in your particular bent what would you what would you recommend buy my book (laughs) (laughs) there you go i know that can't be my answer but buy my book so that's um, a good answer but but it'd be nice to have another actionable yeah so i find um not to be so focused on diet i mean i'll I'll say two um one is give up gluten so my thought is many of the people listening here have already done that but if you haven't and particularly with autoimmunity that's one of the single best things that you can do for yourself is to just give up gluten and um if my book sounded overwhelming i even write that in the book if this is sounding overwhelming for you the single best thing that you can do um, is give up gluten. Um, There seems to be a one-to-one correlation with gluten creating leaky gut and leaky gut um, being the gateway to autoimmunity. So that that would be the one take-home point. And then the other would be the always forgotten um, topic of stress, which we've been dealing with. Mm -hmm. And um, that is one that I think we all, including myself, push off to the side the most. Um, And after interviewing 40 experts on autoimmunity for my autoimmune summit, um, it really was resounding that that was kind of the take-home point for many, many of the people that I interviewed. And um, I know I'm not always the best at it myself. I lead a very busy life, but it's the most overlooked and probably one of the most important aspects of health. You can be eating the perfect diet, taking all the supplements, but if you are, you know, in a job that you hate, in a marriage you hate, um, you know, just running around like a crazy person, that is going to derail all of those efforts of gut of gut healing and diet and all the other stuff. I, you know, I really, I've been focused a lot on sleep and stress for myself over the last year, but I've been dabbling with the whole gluten-free thing. And really until today, until you mentioned just the whole idea of having like a, a wafer, like four times a year is enough to keep you in that inflamed state. I thought that I was actually doing myself a really big favor by just having a little bit of gluten, like, <laughs> but I, I really should be going completely free is what you're saying. Well, if you don't have an issue with it, that might be fine. I, you know, I have a skewed patient population and that pretty much everybody coming to see me is pretty sick. So for them, that is not fine. I mean, I don't know where you fall on the health continuum, but if you genuinely don't think you have an issue with gluten, that that may be fine. And do I believe that there are people who genuinely don't have an issue with gluten? Yes. Do I see any of them in my clinic? No, mm-hmm. I don't. I mean, I don't. By the time you've gotten to me, you know, you don't come see me if you don't have an issue with gluten. I mean, because you're not sick, probably. Um, 
But, but would you say that it's worth giving it up for 30 yes, days? No, I would say it's, I think because of how we've hybridized it, um, it is it is known to be a very inflammatory food for people. I mean, Dr. Fusano, who's done all the research, says it really creates a leaky gut in everybody. Uh, we were never meant to digest it, but many people can recover from that. So I like to think of it as a dam, and we have these bricks there. And for those of us with autoimmunity, that dam you know, got shot out, and we're replacing it brick by brick. And every time you eat it, it starts all over. For somebody else, it might be only a couple of bricks missing, and then you eat gluten or you heal that. And a few days later, you eat gluten, and a couple more bricks are missing. Mm -hmm. So your body, you know, can do that, but it's sort of like in a certain kind of way, you know, smoking, maybe you're the person who's not going to get lung cancer, but knowing that it's a problem, why would you do it? Mm -hmm. But we all engage in behaviors and things that we enjoy um, and take those risks because they bring us pr pleasure. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'm... Yeah, I run marathons. Yeah. So, I mean, one would say that that is, you know, I mean, that after a marathon, you can go check your white blood cell count and it will be suppressed. I mean, yeah. you're, you know, you're, and it causes leaky gut. So, um, you know, but if that brings you joy, I'm not gonna, I mean, there are patients that I tell they need to stop doing that for their health, but, yeah. um, you know, that, that's what life is about. I mean, what I try to give people in my book and in my clinic is information and, um, and to figure out what are the problems for them. And then at the end of the day, it's your life and you get to choose what you want to do with that information. But knowledge is power. And if you choose not to listen to it or you choose to do something else, as we all do in various aspects of our lives, that is what makes the world go round. And that is what makes us all individuals. And that is what makes this, uh, you know, a journey for all of us and an individual journey. And so I don't judge anybody. I just give you the information and you do with it with what you want. Well, I've, I've only had the book for about two weeks now, but I have to say for the last two weeks, I've had a little Dr. Myers in the back of my brain just sort of giving me little tidbits of advice every time I make a choice of what I'm going to eat or how I'm going to sleep or how I'm going to manage the stress for the day. So so it's uh, it's well worth purchasing the book. And like you said, just having that knowledge, whether you choose to listen to it or not, is is up to you. But at least at least I have that knowledge and I have that little you sitting on my shoulder, <laughs> keeping an eye on what I'm doing. Hopefully I'm like the little good fairy and not the little bad devil. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's kind of fun to have a little pitchfork and <laughs> pointy horns. Uh, well, thank you very much for coming on the Primal Blueprint podcast. It was a fascinating conversation. I really enjoyed the book. I can't stress enough to the people out there to to go and, and check out the book, at least check out the website. And it's amymyersmd.com, right? Yes, correct. So if you head over there, you can find out all the information about your clinic and about the books and about the, is the summit on there as well? This, there's a link to the summit. Yeah. At this Great. point, the it was, you know, free at one point. At this point, you, you know, need to purchase it if you would like to listen. But uh, again, just well worth it. Lots of info there as well. Excellent. Well, thank you. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I enjoyed chatting with you today. All right. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you again on the Primal Blueprint podcast. Safeguard your health with the most comprehensive all-in-one nutritional supplement on the planet, Primal Nutrition's Damage Control Master Formula. Forget mixing and matching with multiple bottles of individual agents. Now you can just take a single packet of the most potent and optimally balanced multivitamin, multimineral, antioxidant formula available on the market. You'll enjoy complete immune system, cardiovascular, memory, nerve, bone, liver, and anti-stress support, and much more. With 51 research-proven ingredients, Damage Control Master Formula helps you combat oxidative damage in every cell and every system in your body and shore up any dietary shortcomings with complete protection. Order Damage Control Master Formula today at PrimalBlueprint.com and check out the incredible free shipping offer for our convenient and custom-designed auto-ship program.